0: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race, hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. The U.S. just looked at its credit card statement, and yikes. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Reset. Credit card debt in the U.S. has topped $1 trillion. With the cost of goods and services remaining high, Americans have continued to rely on plastic to cover the cost. And now data shows that more of us are falling behind on monthly payments. So to understand how we got here and what you need to know about managing your credit cards, we brought in Michelle Singletary. She's a personal finance columnist for The Washington Post. Now, I know that trillion-dollar number can seem abstract, but Michelle helped us put it into context.
1: Individually, we're talking about people who roll their credit card debt for month to month, about $5,000 on average.
0: Wow, that's a lot. Um, uh, Still a lot, that's right. What do you think is causing the increase, though, in credit card use? What's driving folks uh, to their cards?
1: Yeah, well, so, you know, we have, we're we in an inflationary period, so prices are higher. Interest rates are higher, and so that's a a huge demand on people's salaries. And so oftentimes, to make up the difference, they put things on a credit card and then extend the payments out. Um, And so I think that's what's contributing to it. I mean, there are lots of people who are doing well, but there are a lot of people who are still struggling, um, you know, because of the pandemic. They lost their jobs, or they're trying to catch up once they got jobs back. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, again, inflation is eating um, the people's buying power.
0: So what do you think this says then about the state of the economy?
1: Well, the state of the economy is still strong, but it's got some pockets that, that is troublesome. Um, and that's why we see a lot more people using their credit cards. But on the other hand, there is a great deal of people in the country who are, you know, they call it revenge spending. You know, we were shut down for a couple of years, and now they're, you know, taking vacations and getting their homes fixed and buying cars. I mean, the cost of cars, you know, buying a vehicle is extraordinarily high right now because there are more people looking to buy a car than their cars available to be sold, Mm -hmm. and that pushes the
0: prices up. Something else, too, we saw this um, this huge spike in people opening up new credit cards since the start of the pandemic, more than 70 million accounts. So does that indicate greater spending power or just more difficulty trying to afford everyday goods? Yeah, I
1: it's both. It's it's a it's a tale of two cities when it comes to credit cards. There are people who, you know, still have good credit because you can be in debt and have good credit, meaning you owe a lot of people, but you're making the payments on time. And then people are stretching those balances out. And there are also people who convenience credit card users. They they buy things on credit and pay it off before the next billing cycle. And so both of those groups of people are driving up the number of people who have accounts and the money. That is being accumulated
0: on those cards. Mm-hmm. Is it still? Uh, does it still make a huge difference if you are one of those people in the in the latter group that you mentioned, the ones who are sort of paying off the entire thing as they're spending? You know, I always tell
1: that group of folks because I'm in that group of folks, my husband and I, we put things on a credit card and paid off before the next billing cycle. But you need to be very careful because we know that studies show that when you use plastic, you know, credit cards, that you tend to spend more than if you have cash. So they might be doing okay, looks okay, they're paying a balance off monthly month, but then, then something happens. They lose their job or, or they get ill and they realize that they've overspent even though they could pay those balances off every month. Mm-hmm. But, you know, vast majority of those people are able to pay them off and they're comfortable. And then there are the, those that are struggling that they you know there's not enough coming in and they use credit to make up the difference those are the folks that I worry about because often then they re- they default to just making the minimum credit card payment and that could just keep you in debt for decades and I get really concerned when I see people rolling over that kind of money every single month because the average credit card interest rate is like over 20% right now mm-hmm. and so you know if you got a card say you got the average credit card balance, which I said is about um, about $5,700, actually, is the national average, and you got a credit uh, interest rate of 20%, almost 21%, it would take you like two decades, like 17 years, if you just make the minimum payment to get rid of that debt. And you would have spent over $8,300 in interest. And so you want to be careful about that. Like, don't charge if you can't pay it off the next month.
0: She's this, – this is uh... – A lot. I mean, and I'm thinking of the domino effect here, Michelle, because opening more credit cards, I mean, doesn't that often mean a drop in your credit score, too?
1: It does. Every time that there is a hard inquiry on your credit report, it drops your credit score a little bit. Now, eventually, a couple months later, it'll it'll go back up. But the thing is, the more cards you have, the more, you know, credit available to you, the more likely, particularly when things hit a rough spot, that you're going to use that credit. Um, so you want to be careful about opening up new cards because it does ding your credit score, which then, if you've got a ding credit score later when you need to get, say, a car loan, it's going. To cost you more because your credit score is lower.
0: The average interest rate, as you mentioned, for, for new cards is high. It's around twenty-two percent. I mean, the impact this has now on the amount of money that folks owe over time, and, and how quickly that can just get out of hand for a consumer. I'm still trying to wrap my mind around where you just talked about seventeen years.
1: Yes, that's right. If the you length of the time. Minimum. Right. And the minimum payment can be anywhere from one to three percent plus interest that's due. So you can imagine people got all this debt out there and they're thinking, Well, I'll just make the minimum payment because I can't do more than that. And then your your debt, you know, just grows because you're not hitting that principle. Um, I mean, I know people um, you know, in debt for years and a bank rate looked at people who are in credit card debt. And and one of the largest groups of folks that are carrying debt for at least a year and or five years or more are people who are making six-figure salaries, so over $100,000. They are more likely to be in credit card debt, revolving it, than people making, say, $50,000.
0: So they make more, but they're staying in debt longer. What does that suggest?
1: Well, you know, that whole phrase, keeping up with the Joneses, because when you dig even deeper into the bank rate numbers, you find that um, about 22% of those who are carrying debt did it to to go on vacation or for entertainment purposes. So they're buying stuff that they can't afford, you're, you're, you're taking out a vacation that you can't afford and then holding on to that debt. So you're summer vacationing this year, and next summer you're still paying off the vacation from last summer. And then add that five years later, that's a problem, you need to recognize that. And the best way to get to get a handle on this is to stop, you know, charging up. You know there's an expression is when you're in a hole, stop digging. This This is what the great advice for people who are in credit card debt. Stop using the card if you already have a balance that you can't pay off every month.
0: You know, despite what you're telling us here, Michelle, economists connected to the Fed say that all of this, that it doesn't show widespread financial difficulty for consumers. What do you say to that? Yeah,
1: and... it doesn't necessarily right, having debt doesn't mean that you're in trouble. But those um reports don't actually look at how long people are holding on to the debt So they just look at how much people have out there, they're able to make the payments and because minimum payments are so low, there is the appearance that you're okay. Until something happens, you lose your job, maybe your kids get sick and you've got to stay home, and then those balances become unbearable Mm -hmm. because you can't afford even the minimum payment.
0: Yeah, Bankrate found that 60% of those who carry a balance on their credit card, or 54 million Americans, they've been in debt for at least a year.
1: Right. That's right. So that sofa you bought for 1200 on sale is going to cost you a lot more, <laughs> you know, a year or two years later. Um, and there are a lot of people who are using their credit to buy groceries and, you know, things like that. And, and it's understandable. It's not enough coming in and perhaps you're in between jobs or you lost your job. You know, you do the best that you can. Um, but I think this, all of this report about how much credit card debt is out there should be a wake-up call for people, particularly if you are revolving debt, meaning that it goes from month to month and you don't pay off that balance.
0: When does credit work in our favor?
1: Well, if you're going to make a huge purchase, a computer or something that, you know, is really expensive, credit works in your favor because you have more protections when you have a credit card. Say you ordered a computer and it doesn't get delivered. If you've paid them in cash, you've got to fight to get that computer. But if you've paid them with the credit card, you can call the company, credit card company, and say, hey, this wasn't delivered, and they can yank back that payment, and they actually become almost like an advocate for you. Um, you know, there are fraud protections. If someone misuses your card, you're not liable for those charges. And then, of course, people love their reward credit cards, which allows them to accumulate points to get free stuff or cash back. Um, And, you know, using credit can help build up your credit score. If you are a good credit card user, you pay the bill off. You know, you you keep the amount of balances low. That can contribute to getting a good credit score, which then helps you get a better loan once you need, like a car loan or a home loan. The problem is when you overuse it, this is when you see the ugly side of debt. You know, the interest on the cards is extraordinarily high. You know, if you make the minimum payments, we talked about that, how long it can take you to get out of the debt. Um, If you fall behind, there are late fees. So there's a lot of things about credit that that don't work in your benefit.
0: Back to something we mentioned earlier, right? Paying just the minimum payment, that can trap you in a cycle of debt over time. So. Given inflation and for a lot of people, the the need to resume student loan payments this fall, how can folks begin strategizing now about paying down debt?
1: The first thing is, if you're in that hole, stop. So stop putting things on a credit card. Put them away. Freeze them if you have to. You know, you don't want to cut them up. You don't want to close them, but put them away. Um, and then the next thing is develop a plan to pay them off. I like the plan where you start with the lowest balance. So if you've got several cards, start with the one with the lowest balance. Make the minimum payments on the other ones your money at the one with the smallest balance. Once you get that paid off, then move to the next card. One other strategy is if your credit is still good, so you're over 700 uh, credit score, you can apply for a 0% credit card. Mm-hmm. So you would transfer the balance to the 0% card and on average, those deals last for about 21 months. That gives you some preview room and that means every penny you throw at that is going to go to the principal So because you, you're not paying interest charges. That's an effective way. But you need to be careful because if you can't pay that off in the 21 months, often those cards are even more expensive than the card you probably just coming from for that promotion. Right. So you got to be honest with yourself that you can, you know, meet the promotion and pay it off in those 21 months.
0: In the minute I have left with you, Michelle, I do want to quickly pivot from spending to saving because, you know, we're always told you got to save for retirement, right? So how do you do that? while trying to also pay down credit card debt
1: well you know i i have a different philosophy i think that you can't do it all and so if you're struggling and you're trying to pay off credit card debt you know and particularly if you're younger you know you just wait and get those debts done before you worry about putting money in retirement now i do believe that you should have an emergency fund while you're paying off credit card debt because if something happens then what are you going to end up doing putting more on that credit card so if you've got a credit card debt you know save up 500 a 1000 as much as you can stop then focus totally on the debt if you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s, you know you got some time to build up retirement. Focus on getting rid of that debt and freeing yourself, and then be aggressive in putting money into your retirement account. As you, if you're getting closer to retirement, you got to do all three. You got to yeah. have a little emergency fund, pay off the debt, and still try to put some money in for your retirement.
0: So great chatting with you. Michelle Singletary is a personal finance columnist for the Washington Post. Thanks so much for making the time. Thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Linnea Dominic. It was edited by Andrew Merriweather and Meha Ahmed. Here are conversations about the economy, politics, arts and culture, and more by subscribing to the Reset podcast. And when you do, make sure to leave a quick rating and review so that more listeners can find our show. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Talk to you this afternoon.